welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. The lines between Simulation and Simcade blur this week as we delve into three very different modern racing games in Gran Turismo 7, Dirt 5, and Dirt Rally 2.0. Each one is unique, and they all bring a lot to the discussion of the genre. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Robert. So you're going to talk about Big Kirby? I'm going to talk about Big Kirby. Why not? Today, the day this podcast goes up, is the day that Kirby in the Forgotten Land comes out. N- never mind when we recorded it six days early. <laughs> but. I, yeah, it's true. But, I mean, they announced it like six months ago. Yes, they did. And I'm glad it didn't get delayed because I'm ready for it. I played the demo and all that. But I got me a big Kirby. Massive Kirby plush from the store. And he's got a little Kirby 30th anniversary logo on his foot. But the most important thing about this plush is that it is the softest thing I have ever held. Man, I don't, I'm not here. I just I'm not into the plushes though. I'm not really big on plushes. Like I'm that. not big on them. Like for the most part, but like I have a few really nice video game ones. We know I have the Isaac one. Yeah, straight up mascot material, and I have the Only sack thing boy. I sort of picked up were some you i'm pretty sure i sent them did i not send it i picked up some spawn figures did i not tell you about this no i saw i saw the ones you sent me yeah okay then i sent them but yeah i picked up i picked up those uh not gonna disclose how much i paid for them but more than usual than i should but honestly i don't really care because i kind of like like i was like i was gonna cash out no matter what you well you got me thinking a spawn kirby crossover sounds cool <laughs> right about now the spawn curve how that would it uh, uh spawn curve but listen it has to be that. a massive kirby like it has to be a kirby proportionate to the size of the plush versus one of the spawn figures so it's got to be a giant kirby it can't be just a little small kirby what if kirby because come on keep davis is always going to be the voice of spawn but what if kirby's voice by jamie fox oh I like How about that. that one? I thought you were going to say, what if Keith um, David also voiced Kirby? <laughs> no, what if Jamie But I like Fox Jamie Fox, too. Jamie Kirby. Fox, I could I could go for that. <laughs> Add him to the list of awesome people voicing video game characters like Idris Elba <laughs> voicing Knuckles. Our boy Knuckles. Gone Hollywood. Uh, Sonic 2 movie's coming out. I know. It's like a couple of weeks away (laughs) like maybe even Uh, one week away from when this show goes up (laughs) two i think two weeks so i mean a lot of stuff is going on first one was decent enough to award a sequel so hopefully they actually don't do backwards and the second one was not as good as the first i hope that each one keeps getting better and better let me tell you why this one will be better it's got two important things it's got knuckles most important thing in a sonic movie and it has a certain level. We know it. We love it. It's got a good music. Um, 
unfortunately some of that music gets changed in certain releases of the game but i'm talking ice cap zone baby <laughs> bro i i swear i was gonna say if they play hard times during the trailer of that scene like the whole set the they final should just play it in the movie <laughs> oh but imagine if they did like the that part right there they just started yeah. playing it it seems like from the trailers, especially the newest one, that Ice Cap Zone is going to be, like, a big part of the movie. So I'm glad it's not just like, a, oh, here's Ice Cap Zone, here's the snowboarding part. Like, no, it looks like yeah. a, a decent portion of the, you know, whatever conflict happens is going to take place in there. But getting back to where I was coming from at the very start of the show, Big Kirby. Uh, happy Kirby release day. We won't have thoughts on that <laughs> until I play it because it comes out today and we're recording the podcast. <laughs> what podcast are we recording you might ask markers on the map the weekly podcast gaming adventure where this week we've got news and we're going to talk a little bit about some racing games um so before we get started my name is daniel and i'm here with my good friend and co-host robert how have you been this week extremely tired i'm running on like five maybe less hours of sleep how about you i don't know if i'm as tired but i'm drained from a a long week (laughs) i'm definitely drained have actually not gotten to play much outside of a a certain game i'll talk about here in a second this week so it's i've been like behind on you know i'm I'm not keep i I don't have anything to keep up with right now hot wheel season is over for me so it's like i'm just waiting for the new one um destiny i'm glad i didn't buy the season pass because i'm not able to find the time to grind out things on destiny right now it, there's there's a lot i'm a little overwhelmed with the amount of things that are currently out and i go on about this on twitter all the time but like the amount of stuff that it's coming out the day this goes up wonderlands ghostwire tokyo kirby and then lego star wars comes out like two weeks it's like i it's it's a lot so i'm like having to make some choices of you know what i'm gonna spend my couple hours of free time a night on here and there and this week it's been elden ring I'm gonna say it. It's really good. Like, I don't know what kind of magic... I don't know what kind of sorcery um, was was used in the development of this game. But they have just hit this milestone where it's like... I really like just being in the world. Man, <laughs> man. I just... It just hit me. Whatever happened to... Robert, it's me, Daniel. I just finished Platting Sekiro. I'm never touching another hard game like this ever again. Hey, man. Sometimes you give in to the hype. And I'm going to tell you one thing. And you know... We talk all the time. We Even before the podcast, we talked all the time about how games never live up to the hype. This one actually lived up to the hype. For once. I mean, for once. <laughs> and and also, you can summon people in this. Sekiro was strictly single player, so it was like either get good or get gone, which is like really inaccessible for some people. But like this one has different things you can use to make your experience easier. It has, you know, Dark Souls and Bloodborne style summoning. Um, you have little spirits that you can summon, like a pack of wolves that will, you know, draw a boss's attention away from you so that you can go in and get some hits. So they do also allow you to kind of over level very easily because very few parts of the map are blocked off. So from what I'm hearing, at least like the first maybe 75% of the game has that kind of like different paths where you can mitigate the difficulty. Now I heard the ending, you know, fourth of the game is 
straight the hardest thing that From Software has ever done. But after 26 hours of Elden Ring, I have beaten two of the main bosses. So <laughs> I've got a ways to go. All I'm saying is that you skipped out on Cuphead because you didn't want to play it, but because it's a hard game. But playing Elden Ring, I'll go back to Cuphead. I want to play the DLC. It's just that Cuphead came to the Switch like was it one week after Sekiro? Yeah, yeah. Same time. I'll I'll, I'll play Cuphead. We should do co-op. You're much more equipped at handling that that one than well. You know what? I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just as equipped. Maybe I was just in the wrong mindset. Because I had just beaten yeah. Sekiro. Exactly. But getting back to Elden Ring for just a second here. I love how this is relatively recent. This this was the night before we recorded it. I went back to the starting area. Mm-hmm. And I went to the right instead of forward. I found an area that I was just exploring for three hours. Fought a dragon. Found a cave with another boss. A bridge with another boss and like three other bosses on the way there with like two other caves and it's like I had spent the first like 15 hours of playing in that main area and I missed so much because this game is huge and the it it's unbelievable how much stuff is just hidden in plain sight to where every time even if you go to um you know areas that you've seen before areas that you've been through before i've found different things that i have not seen different items to pick up or armor or like ashes that you can summon with it's like mind-boggling almost how engaging without you know the things that developers put into games to to grab your engagement like daily logins or loot boxes or time saver microtransactions or any of that. It's like, this is the most I've been engaged with a game in years. Uh, I don't think I've been, like, thinking about playing something as much as this since, like, Ghost of Tsushima or Persona 5 Royal. And, you know, those are two games that are highest up there for me. And to put Elden Ring in a similar camp, it's like, I think by the time I finish this, it, it might be in top five. Um, Mm -hmm. it it all depends on how it goes, I think, towards the end, though. But I'm finding the bosses to be more manageable and less frustrating because I can summon people. So if I'm going up against something particularly daunting or something I don't want to get frustrated with, I bring two other people in and we we handle it. I I had a scare where one of my co-op partners died in the game and there was two of us fighting something that just will not stop attacking. So we poked around for, like, ten minutes and ended up doing it and... It saved me probably hours of frustration because we know bosses on Sekiro took me upwards of four hours. Al Father and Sword Saint Ishin took me four hours apiece. So it's nice to have people help. <laughs> yeah, I guess to help people help you out. I don't know. Still, kind of. I don't know. You defeat a boss all on your own. It's, I feel like it's a much more satisfying victory than yeah, with a group. I think the people who like to do it on their own have every right to like some people don't want to use the summons because they think that you know it makes the game too easy i know there's a one that's the mimic tier that creates like a copy of your character and that really makes things easy and i think they might have nerfed it and there's a few um things that you can add to your weapon like a stomping move like an ice stomping move that will like just stun enemies in front of you they're there if you want you can choose to go through that game at level 1, and I've seen some of the late-game bosses being defeated by level 1 characters, and I'm like, good on those people. But 
accessibility is important, and since a Souls game doesn't have a difficulty selector or a difficulty slider, it's good to have all these different options so that you can actually just personalize the game um, to your own thing. And I'll never complain about options. Something I wish Sekiro had, because I would replay Sekiro. It's definitely, like, stylistically my favorite of the Souls games. Um, but it's 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 not fun to... <laughs> it's not a really fun game to play, Sekiro. It's not a game you play casually. You can't just pop into Sekiro and just be like, I'm just going to play a couple of minutes of this and then go on with my day and just have be in a positive mood. If you try to play for a couple of seconds and you start just instantly having yeah. a bad time because you got to be in Sekiro mode you have to have parries ready and everything they they had that 60 frames update a while back and they said they added boss rush and i'm like who would want to do a boss rush in Sekiro what what kind of person is is wild enough <laughs> anyway one last thing before we get on to news about the from software games i always notice that they have really high completion rates and we'll we'll talk about how many people have purchased Elden Ring in a minute here but Going back to Sekiro, 7.9% of people on PSN have the Platinum on Sekiro. Usually Platinums are in the like 1% or less than 1% range, so it's always funny to me to see that the From Software games have really high rates of like achieving the Platinum considering how hard um, the games are. And I feel like that could be like because they're niche games and most of the people who are going to buy them are the people who would complete them but we can't ignore that Elden Ring is sitting at like a one point something percent already and this is a a hundred hour plus game um for most people especially to platinum it but then you look at our first news story which is that Elden Ring has as of the first two weeks of it being released sold 12 million copies beating things like the total lifetime sales of like Resident Evil Village it also outsold Horizon. Now, I get that it's multi-platform, but from software, these are not from software numbers. These are, like, first-party AAA numbers that, that Elden Ring is pulling in. I guess it's comparable that from software is such a smaller company. It is a big achievement for them to do something like that. Yeah, I'm, I believe that it's close to the sales of Mario Galaxy. No, that's so pretty interesting. That is, <laughs> that is a big number for a game that is admittedly one of the harder games probably in the series but like of all time um yeah mario galaxy has sold um 12.8 million units as of last september so elden ring's been out for a month as of this episode and in its first two weeks it sold 12 million copies and it's got that one point something percentage platinum rate so it's like the attachment rate of people that stick with the game is also pretty high Um, probably because of those options, but I just find it, like, incredible and a great achievement that something from From Software sold 12 million in the first two weeks. Um, I know that their employees got raises because of all the, like, sales and 10 out of 10 scores. It's just such a, like, a special game, I think. It's taking everything that I hate about games and taking it out of the game. And just expanding on all the good. And I just think it's we're at a really good moment for games. I, I hope that they don't try to outdo themselves too mm-hmm. much because that can go bad. And then I hope that other games try to find different ways than just copying Elden Ring because we you know what happens with, you know, modern AAA games, a lot of them like Stranger of Paradise or Jedi Fallen Order, 
try to copy Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of games like uh, Immortals and even Genshin Impact try to copy Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It's time for more original ideas, I think, to start taking grasp and more organic worlds where you want to play the game and the game draws you in and you're not doing a checklist over and over and over again like you are in an, like in Assassin's Creed or something. It's like, we need more like this, but we don't need every game to be a copy of another game. I mean, everyone says so about I don't know if I'm really interested at all in getting Elden Ring, honestly. I, I would I would say I was going to wait, but like I said, there was a reason I got it early. We could co-op that game. It's got really good co-op, and they let you summon pretty much anywhere. It's just like the sense of discovery and like awe I get when I'm playing it. It's like some. It's like a. It's like I'm under a spell almost. I just like I don't want to put it down. I don't know, and I'm usually not like we know from other from software games i'm not really into the difficulty yeah it's 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 a lot that but still even even after all this i'm probably still there's a lot of stuff i still haven't i still have not even played uh, gardens of galaxies i know i was gonna say you gotta get on that i really want to talk about that one (laughs) anyway that's elden ring that's a big chunk of the show on elden ring let's let's talk about the rest of our quick news stories this week First up, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak event. That is the expansion for Monster Hunter Rise. It is coming to the Switch um, this summer. And they revealed a few things. The price, $40, which was what I... Actually, no. I think it's... Oh, no, it's $40. There's a deluxe for $50. Um, so they showed five new monsters or, like, three new ones and, like, uh, one they're bringing back from the other ones, one of the dragons... Mm-hmm. And they showed a new area that's a castle. Now, I get that this is a big update. And Monster Hunter is one of those things where you get, you know, a drip feed of the new content that's coming. I thought that the 20-minute the showcase was a little lacking in content. Because we know how big Iceborne is. It's like the same size as Monster Hunter World. So I'm expecting a lot from this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also expecting it to be, you know, shown to us at a, like, glacial pace in the months leading up to it. Um, not much more to say on that except for there's going to be new additions like moves for all the weapons in the game. Um, the castle does look really cool, and some of the new monsters look pretty all right. Um, yeah. This is one of those games where I think I'm going to have to like ease myself back into it because I forget how to play Monster Hunter. You ever forget how to play a game when you come back to it after a really long time? I mean, I only really forgive it's a game I wasn't even really interested in that much, so it's just like, I don't know why I was ever trying to crawl back in honestly. Mm. If I'm enjoying a game and I honestly like it, I kind of still remember the mechanics and the way it controls. Mm. Yeah, see, for me, it's like I had played like 200 hours of Monster Hunter World in, in and then I waited to get Iceborne for like two years. And I had completely had to relearn how to play. So I was glad that they had like some weapons that like boost you up to a significant strength level to get started on the content. Mm-hmm. I, I think those weapons are kind of already in rise for people who probably haven't been on for a while. Um, and they do carry. So that's good. Uh, next thing we have is God of War. And this isn't about a game. So apparently there's rumors that God of War is going to get a television series on Amazon Prime Video. 
I kind of want a God of War series, but I would want it to be modern God of War, not classic God of War, and I don't know if they'd go that route with the show. I, I, I honestly would say that most people have not played the original God of War, so there's a lot of people who don't really know the story, and I would honestly prefer they actually do the original story more than the sort of soft reboot, you know, continuation. Because so you would want them to kind of treat the soft reboot as the sequel versus it being the soft reboot, and then just have them start with the Olympus. Yeah, start story? start start with how it is, and start with in you know uh, Roman the Olympus and all that Zeus and how yeah it is canon. It is still canon to the game that Kratos yeah, basically yeah not even technically it is canon that he basically yeah. he spoiler this game's old anyways but spoiler alert uh may if you want to say but Kratos destroys he, he gets all, something well he, he destroys most and kills all the gods and then it turns out to be pretty bad but then they kind of restore it but his yeah. main one zeus is obviously still dead which is big spoiler even this one zeus is his father um so he sort of brings back you know everything back to normal sort of but he's still kind of kept you know his damage is still kind of lingering over so then he leaves to go live somewhere else would now would be uh, uh, North Mytho- uh, mythology. Yeah, so, Norse mythology. Yeah, so he transfer overs, and he kind of stays there. It's like it's not a, necessarily a reboot; it's still a sequel. So I would like to see them tell the story so more people can understand how it really started, because that stuff is sort of told and explained in, in the new game, and most people are probably going to be really confused on what's going on. If they go that route, maybe change some of the characterization to where it's not as completely jarring as it is, I guess, between God of War 3 and, and, and God of War 2018. Because some of the char- char- Kratos' characterization seems to be a bit different. I don't know, I was never really into the old ones, but I love me some 2018. I mean, Kratos is the... Young Kratos is the definition of punch first think later but yeah kratos is definitely understanding the now he understands the consequences consequences and let me think this before i start just punching up everybody let me think of the consequence which honestly spoilers even with the new one when he you know snaps that one guy's neck I forget his name, but mm-hmm. I don't think he was thinking of the consequences. I, I honestly think yeah. it's still the old Kratos. Old Kratos shone through. It. Because it's it's just him being like, yeah, the, the cycle needs to break, but it's like, I mean, if the cycle broke, that's... The, here's the thing. If the cycle broke and all this stuff, I would say this, Ragnarok wouldn't kind of be happening at that Mm -hmm. point right because it kind of sealed the deal of it happening yeah a lot of things kind of but i feel like that was one of the major like blows that kind of was just like it's gonna happen you know what i can't wait for that game (laughs) true and hey look maybe they'll go the halo tv show route and like not base it off the games because what i'm hearing about the halo show is that it's all right but it's not really like you get what i'm saying not really following that story I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see that. It technically came out the day before this goes up, but since we're in the past, it's not out until <laughs> Thursday. I mean, isn't that the whole... What's funny is that that's kind of where Halo's at. 
it's it's okay. It's not that great. That's sort of kind of uh, where yeah, Halo's that's, staying at. That's what I'm hearing about, you know, most Halo-related things nowadays. It's okay. It's not great. You know, I think people can all agree. I don't think it's a far statement to say that Bungie was kind of the heart and soul of Halo. Once, like, Reach came yeah. out and everyone loved it and then it switched over, a lot of people started realizing that, you know, not to throw shade at three was it three three four it's just that three four three it's just when it's like when kojima sort of left and mirigarcella try to continue on after it's like it's just not the same without the person who started it all or the people who were passionate about it it's just not what do you mean metal gear solid's always been about zombies and fences huh no it's not about being all zombies and fences and wandering around the desert and And having to pay for a a save a second save yeah that's where i'm like that's classic metal gear solid am i right it's it's sort of that whole deal of like no one's gonna love something more than the person who created it at some points there's sometimes where there's people who love a project more than the creator that they do it just as i would say the mandalorian even though george lucas i'm pretty sure loves the mandalorian i'm pretty sure a lot of people who made the mandalorian just love the universe and they want to do something like way better and way cooler well, a lot of that stuff is supervised by Dave Filoni, who is, like, the protege of, of George Lucas, creator of Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, basically, it's like, George Lucas, he 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 did all that, but I feel like he, since he loves Star not George Lucas, but like, he loves Star Wars, he wanted to do so. Let's say sometimes it is true that someone could be more passionate than the creator himself, but, or, they, you know, they self, but, you know... It's just that with Halo, it's just that's not the case. It's it's always been. Eh, I heard it's okay, but it's not great. That's yeah. always just been Halo's case. And you know what? Bungie went on to make a great game. It's just got a few, a few too many monetization things. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's talk about one quick thing. That delayed Advance Wars game got another delay, and it's. It's fine because it's probably not great to release a game about war while a war is going on. So they can take all the time they want in releasing that. And, you know, from a game perspective, I'm also fine with that because I do not like tactics games. So I'm not really looking forward to it. I'm yeah. going to play it. But, like, it was going to come out, like, in April. And I've got too much stuff. So the more games that get delayed, I'm, I'm in, like, the mode where I'm like, just delay it, guys. Just delay Delay Wii Sports, delay Fire Emblem Warriors. I think that's they just won't. where. I'm sure they won't, no, but. the thing is that that's just gonna have to be the decision you're gonna have to make. Either you buy it or you don't. That's just how it is. Well, I, I'll I, get it at some point, but like you, I'm fine with them delaying it. I don't think they're gonna delay it. You just have to be my. Whole oh no, I'm talking thing. about I'm talking about Advance Wars. Oh, but that is delayed. The other ones I'm gonna get on release, but. I'm fine if they would, like, I wouldn't be mad if they delayed one of these games. That Put it that way. They ain't gonna happen, though. I know they're not gonna delay Fire Emblem Warriors. Like, Nintendo games rarely get delayed. Um, anyway, let's talk fighting games for a bit. Um, Evo 2022. Let's just go through the lineup real quick. This year's Evo 2022 does not contain Smash Bros. Because I think Nintendo's gonna start running their own um, Smash Bros. tournaments. So, no weird. Smash at Evo. That's, yeah. that's weird. Um, I think they want to well, distance themselves maybe from the general FGC. I mean, I know Smash has a history. I mean, here's the thing, though, is 
was it even really part of the whole Evo scene? Because if you look at a lot of the Evo that played Tekken, Street Fighter, and stuff like that, they kind of didn't want Smash to be part of it. They were like, it's not really a fighting game. It's a party brawler game. That I've always viewed Smash as a party brawler game. Yeah, they're like, they just decided to be a fighting game. But like, they're like, is it really on the same level as Street Fighter? Which I can kind of agree with that. It's really not for me. Like, when people be like, I'm so good at Super Mario. Like, I'm good at Smash. I'm like cool like i still think it's a brawl party yeah. game but you do you not to diminish someone who is good at smash as a fighting well, game I or mean, to get into game, the, the politics the here of of fighting games but i've personally like you and me i think have always viewed it as like let's play smash to unwind have some fun How, here's, not here's, turn off all items final destination only four stock it's like i can't <laughs> Here's how I, I'll, I'll say it and how I look at it. You tell me I'm a professional Smash player. I'd be like, okay, like, cool. If you tell me you're, like, top, like, players in a game like Street Fighter where there's hundreds and thousands of people that, you know, play hours of the game and you have to go 1v1 on, that's something a little different for me because it's sort of like, it's... It's a different vibe. It's a different vibe where if you can tell that... Uh, uh, such a popular fighting game like Street Fighter if you could tell me that yeah I'm one of the top like players that's more interesting to me I'm just like really like you can really like go on and like challenge a lot of these other people that can't really you know you know run it like that just to go the other way to give Smash some credit you couldn't give someone Street Fighter 5 or let's use Tekken Tekken's a better example for this you can't give any person in your family a controller and expect them to be able to no one's gonna know how have to some fireball. fun with Tekken. Like, yeah. you can move the character, but, like, it's too technical. They don't Whereas know the Smash, 3D element. You can, yeah, you can, pick up a, you can pick up a character, you pick Princess Peach, grab a blaster, or choose Yoshi and lay some eggs, and, like, you're having tons of, like, comic mischief-type fun um, Here's with the thing. your characters. I feel like Fighter Z and, and Smash are on the same level. It's mostly button presses instead of it actually being combo combinations, which I will say in an actual sort of combat, no matter what type of fighting style you fight with, uh, example for me is boxing. It's sort of, that's how fighting games and, and real life, you know, martial arts go hand in hand, where yeah. in a fighting game, you, 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 you know, you're putting in combos and in real life, you actually are setting up Obviously, not like super fireball combos, but you are setting up a position to where you can have your opponent either cornered or have it where there, you know, there's an opening and you take it. That's sort of where, like, I see the same. They're on the same level, and they're sort of kind of are equal. Yeah, and not we're not diminishing, you know, professional Smash, but I think the idea that Nintendo's going to run their own tournaments might inject a little bit of the fun and like whimsy that smash should be surrounded yeah, that's what i'm like I, i'm not surprised that they took it out it's like was it really even part of it i think nintendo would have preferred a long time ago they just done it you know all them like i'm pretty sure they were just like we really don't want anyone else to run it but us it's nintendo they love to like maintain and kind of control their ips which i respect honestly it's like if yeah, you want something I done do, right I do too. and it's your face on it you better make sure that everything is being done right and everything's being taken care of so while we're on evo the games are going to be Skullgirls, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Fighter Z, Melty Blood, King of Fighters 15, which I believe is the newest game on here, Tekken 7, MK11 Ultimate, Guilty Gear Strive, and Street Fighter 5. To no one's surprise. True Fighter will always Are you surprised be... Street Fighter 5 is going to be an Evo? You know what I'm surprised? There's no Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Come on. That's such a MVC, oh. bro. Oh. 
bro. I don't know how they. I don't know how they just did MVC like that. That's such a yeah. Oh my goodness! But I think they're still trying to get a re-release of two. So here's I I, I guess. Uh, here's the thing. After Capcom released, do you know that I said there's no way they ever released a turtle set. I said that it is. I told myself that there's never going to be ever a turtle set. It, it is like those are well, that's lost Konami. Me. Oh, that's I said. What did I say? I said someone else. Capcom. Co- I said Capcom. But Capcom's doing the fighting but, collection. So no, you know what? Same difference. Same I think. Difference. I think Konami, especially being them, I was like, yeah, this is never going to release. I said never. I said they're never going to release a compilation of these games. Mm-hmm. I said they're just lost to time. No pun intended, Turtles of Time, but it's just lost the time. But then they proved me wrong, and they did it. Because I was like, oh, look, I, I could see Contra, them doing it. But I was like, Turtles? No. They did it. So hopefully, a lot of people, especially who love, you know, MVC2, but I will say a lot of the, just the Marvel superhero, Street Rider versus X-Men, you know, Marvel Super versus Street Fighter, and then Marvel versus Capcom 1, 2, Maybe even three throw on there, but I would just say throw, go up to two. Just oh, you can still buy a copy of three bundle. for like ten dollars yeah. on PSN. That's the yeah. thing. Just just put it in a bundle. People will still pay for it. And I, I like I will say yeah. to any company, don't let certain games just stay on certain consoles. Allow either the console to play those games physically or re-release those games. Like I'm looking at you, Mega Solid Three or not Three. Oh yeah, well Three and Four. Technically, all PS4, of them. Yeah, they have. Throw there's no PS4, PS4 release. <laughs> exactly. Throw them on a PS4 look, uh, bundle. They wouldn't be doing a physical release, like a digital maybe, but they wouldn't also be doing a physical release if they didn't think if Konami didn't think that people were not going to buy those Turtles games. People are going to buy those saying. Turtles games. People are going to buy the Marvel, but anyways, but uh, Tekken Seven. Uh, were they? Do you think they'll ever make an eight? Well, they're of course they're making yes, an eight, I'm but sure do you they think will. they'll ever release it sooner or later? Like. I I'm like sure it, it'll come like mid gen. Mid gen. I'm calling mid gen for Tekken Eight. I feel like it should release now, honestly, and then we can get a Tekken game at the at the end of this generation. Uh, honestly, I don't know. I don't if know. It's mid gen, but I, I'm I would calling mid gen. I mean, like Tekken Seven's been out for a pretty decent amount of time, but it only just recently finished releasing DLC. I mean, so did Street Fighter Five, and they announced Six. Yeah, I don't think Six is coming this year either, though. Uh, we'll I see. wanted to, but. You know, another reason I don't think Street Fighter... Here's a good segue. <laughs> Street Fighter Five is getting a patch this month. Quote-unquote uh, definitive update. Maybe this will be the last one. New Battle Balance update. So that's kind of wild for something that's coming to the end. A balance update. Um, but I'm more interested in the cell shading filter, which is incredible mm-hmm. based on the trailer. The pixel filter, which I really think I need to see in action. And new colors for the tracksuit. Okay, so let's rewind to the filters. I love me a good filter in games, but that cell mm-hmm. shade filter just fits this so well. Oh man, it's just it never yeah, ends. Filters are cool, yeah. <laughs> They're all right. Ends. Anyway, I think that's all for news this week, except for a Nintendo Direct rumor. And as usual, Nintendo Direct rumors will now feature Pokemon Drip. Today we're looking at the Ruby and Sapphire protagonists, Brendan and May. Um, The first two designs are from 2003 and 2005, and then they were redesigned for um, Omega Ruby and Alpha Alpha Sapphire in 2014, I believe. So let's Mm -hmm. take a look at the clothes. Uh, I'm going to say one thing before we start. Emerald Brendan is really cool. 
I can't get behind Ruby and Sapphire, and they completely butchered his look in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. One hundred percent. I agree. I agree with the entire statement. I, I can agree with yeah. the entire thing. I don't think there's really I, anything more to say with that. I like the green headband, um, even though I've never been a fan of the hat. And he's got the cross bag. Can't go wrong with the cross bag. And he originally had no bag. I kind of yeah, rock a no bag. True, true, true. But I, I wonder if that. I mean, like you have a bag in the game, so I'm like, why are they hiding it in the arts? Keeping it's everything in that little pouch. <laughs> His what? His haircut is garbage, though. It's not hair, though. That's his hat. Oh, that's his hat? I don't hat. like the hat. I don't like the that's hat. That's his hat? Yes, that's the hat. I mean, it looks like he has no hair under it at all. I thought that was his hair. It's a beanie. And in the first one. Yeah, it's like, a beanie. It looks like he has no hair. And then the second and, the second and third page is like, okay, there is hair. But in the first, like, there's like no hair. I thought that was his hair. I think the consensus is that Brendan, they ruined his look for the DS, re- the 3DS remakes, the one on the far right. Eh. I don't like it. He's wearing shorts and yeah, I, that's probably one of the worst redesigns. Yeah. Now May, I think Classic. all versions of May Classic. look cool. Classic. I like the Emerald better again, but the remake version is like some of the toppest tier Pokemon character design in my own opinion. I think it's one of the toughest designs ever. You know, some yeah. of the, some of them don't get brought back a lot. This one I see mm-hmm. all the time, all the yeah. time. Now they got rid of the bandana in favor of a bow, and I actually like that better. Eh, it's pretty much the same thing. I don't think it makes any difference. It's pretty yeah, much the I same mean, thing to me. Similar. There's just more hair coming out the front. But yeah, May's design. This is high level Pokemon character design. Very memorable. Um, Pokemon Advanced, the TV show with May, like everybody knows this character, and it's one of the more consistent designs mm-hmm. across the entire series. Yeah, five Mudkips out of five. I give it uh, two Badoofs. out of two. <laughs> so here's here's something weird. My paper with the Nintendo Direct rumor on it says uh-huh. too busy was plotting sorry so i don't know what that's all about but i heard a rumor i heard a rumor that there is a first person combat game coming to the switch and mm-hmm. what do you know it's in one of the best animated worlds ever designed masters of the universe's eternia that so, doesn't sound like ed and eddie to me but all right oh oh trust me i i've been hearing some things about another ed and eddie game Okay, we'll, we'll we'll have to touch on that if in in case another rumor doesn't come flying through. Um, but a first person combat game in the world of He Man, basically. Um, I can see this being kind of Doom esque, or maybe something like Ghostwire, where we like see there's like first person combat. Like what? Well, like it'd be like Skyrim, but just without the dated graphics. Or maybe like, man, see, I've played Skyrim now. I don't really like it that much, but I could see like Master of the dated. Universe being like, like, oh my god, like you've got a sword and you can go up against a familiar character like Skeletor, obviously, but like some of the lesser known ones, um, and then you could go to like Subternia and fight against Scareglow, who is voiced by um, Tony Todd in uh, Master of the Universe Revelation. So like, I'm wondering if this will be on the level of something like 
a Doom or a Borderlands, or Wonderlands in this case, because there's probably going to be melee combat. Um, or if they're like, well, He-Man's always kind of had guns and swords, so it's like they could incorporate both things into this. It's one of those weird 80s sci-fi hybrid fantasy shows. <laughs> That's a weird concept of the 80s. They were just toy promos at the end of the day. Yes, because they have those little, like, air glider things, those, like, <laughs> those like hover gliders that they have in He-Man. So it's, like, it's yeah. a fantasy setting, but there's all kinds of future tech here, and I think that something like that really lends itself to a video game, like the mixture of two worlds. I think there a lot can be done with this. I'm, I'm interested in seeing if you make your own character or if you choose one of the heroes or, you know, these rumors. You, you, there mean, could be villain campaigns. The last time He-Man wasn't the main point of the story that wasn't kind of taken very well oh revelation yeah that wasn't I mean, but then you see the second the then you see the second half of revelation not to spoil anything you got to see the second half of revelation people man. if you're mad at the first half you got to see the second half <laughs> man hair he man's haircut's trash though i don't know what he rocking with that man <laughs> oh man gotta get a different cut with that hey man he hey rocking. man save it for the pokemon characters he save rocking the that anton Shaker <laughs> blonde cut bro i don't know what he's rocking that's the javier bardem 2008 blockbuster film cut. what bro. about orko he's always wearing that hat what is he hiding i the best design it look it was funny is that mf doom was right man villains have the best designs because skeletor is just so dope skeletor is design. one of the most classic things Watch this turn into a Masters podcast. Skeletor is one of the most classic characters ever created. Skeletons Every are always version a fun of him concept. is just cool. Yes, Tell he's me, just when skeletons <laughs> are not a fun like thing to play with and like kind of design. It's like the skeletons are fun. Yeah, and like even like to go back to Elden Ring, there's skeletons in Elden Ring. They're really cool. Um, and Masters of the Universe also has Scareglow, who is like the not the demonic version of Skeletor, but he's like the one that's in the underworld. Yeah. You know what has another skeleton in it? What? Mario Kart 8. Dry Bones. Dry Bones. And you know what else has a skeleton in it? Wonderland. There's skeletons in Wonderland. There's also skeletons. Uh, what's that one movie? Jason versus the... What was it called? Where they had the claymation skeletons? I really like that. Jason and the Argonauts. Jason oh, and the Argonauts. Best, I skeleton, love best movie yeah. skeletons ever were. Like, ever. Like, the stop-motion skeletons, classic. That's the best scene from that movie. Oh, you know who's... <laughs> Spinal from uh, K.I. I love Spinal. Spinal from K.I.? I love Spinal. I was going to say we could call this game Conqueror of Eternia, but I think we should just call it Skeletons. I think I think <laughs> what's funny is that we say all this, but what if they're just like, yeah, yeah, Skeletons, and then they're going to put an update like, screw He-Man, man. Skeletor's a playable character. Yeah, yeah uh, Skeletons, yeah. No, you cannot have a game like this where, like, possibilities are infinite and not let there be a hero campaign and a villain campaign. Sonic Adventure 2 did it 20-something years ago. I mean, you get can to do play it sh- in Shadow. I mean, Bowser's Inside mm-hmm. Story, you get to play as a hero and the bad guy. Yes. You just get to fight off the worst guy. You want to play as the hero and the villain in these types of games. And, like, some Kirby games let you play as Meta Knight. So. There you go. Skeletons. Coming to the Nintendo Switch, hopefully. Anyway. I think it'll be good. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised actually if there was a game called Skeletons on the eShop already. Um, uh, there's a lot of stuff on the eShop. Maybe. <laughs> there's there's one called Skull the Hero Slayer where you play as a skeleton thing, but that's besides the point. There's also one called Scully. But we're here to talk about racing games. 
Mario Kart 8 got their new tracks. I Yeah, Mario Kart 8 got the <laughs> new tracks, and I'm going to have a lot to say on those yeah. on a different episode. Because this Just week... pointed out. Yeah, of the six racing games that I've played since January, um, I would like to talk about the more realistic ones uh, today. Mm-hmm. So let's start, I guess, from the newest one, which is Grand Turismo 7. First things first, if you're looking for a chill time, if you don't want to... If, if you want to just relax and zen out, by all means, play Gran Turismo 7. It is presented to you in such a calming and soothing way from the music to just the way that the the NPC, like, real faces will, will talk to you. Like, they're real people and they'll, they'll, like, talk to you. There's no voices or anything, but they'll, like, talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that this game progresses is that... The first thing the game has you do after it installs is has you play Music Rally, which is um, where you go listen to like uh, various tracks. Like the first one is like Hooked on Classics, where it'll be like classical music with a beat where you just drive, learn how to drive your car um, and go through some gates while listening to some, some cool music. And then you go to the GT town and you can do a variety of things you can do license tests to learn how to do certain maneuvers in the game that'll help you win races but the the big thing is to go to the cafe and the cafe is kind of where the progression of the game comes from so you get menus from the cafe and it's like i'd like you to go collect these cars for me so you go do some races and you get cars and then you bring the menu back to the cafe and they'll be like, I have some things to tell you about these cars. And they'll go into a whole bunch of history about, oh, this is the car. It was first produced here. This is what it's famous for. And it just gives you like such quaint, nice little information about everything you get mm-hmm. and bring back to the cafe. Um, you have a character that can, like if you park your car outside of the cafe, a character will tell you, facts about that car so it's really just it's it's more than a racing game in part that it's like a museum of the automotive industry so you've got showrooms where you can scroll through pages and pages of historical data and old pictures about the development of these cars and you can read mountains of text about each car that you've collected um Mm -hmm. you it it places a lot of emphasis on like just sitting there and listening to the chill music and like looking at your car and you can edit every last bit of the paint the colors um you can make custom liveries and all that you can change the wheels and get in depth with tuning which i haven't done yet but you can buy hundreds of upgrade parts and each car is its own unique entity um you can buy new cars from showrooms you can buy used cars from the used car lot and, you know, certain races will have different cars that you need that need to be at different levels and all that. It's just, it, there's a lot to it, but it's all just so relaxing. Like, I've found, I've caught myself, like, just sitting there for, like, 10 minutes, just, like, looking at the view of the car. It'll show, like, the outside and it'll show the inside. It's, like, the greatest attention to detail was paid in this game to how they look. And it really mm-hmm. reflects when you're playing with ray-traced reflections. Um, the cars look real. And on the graphics, remember how I was talking about how Horizon is that very fantastical, realistic thing? But GT7 yeah. is the more real, real, real thing. It's so real that it almost looks mundane. 
Like, it's so real that you're like, yes, this is what a racetrack looks like. I think the cars are the star of the show because the way that the light bounces off of them and, like, the reflections of things that it passes by go on it is, like, way more impressive than the admittedly impressive real-world, you know, grass and environments. Like, it's the most realistic I've seen in a racing game, but it's also just plain. Yeah, it's... it's. I mean, it's Gran Turismo. I mean... When was the last five was on oh no, a when was six? Six was like six was end of PS3 for some PS3. reason. It yeah, was for stuck some there. reason and it took forever for seven to come out. So I feel like this one had a pretty big shoes to fill, honestly. Not gonna lie. It did. It's different from sport too. So if you've played yeah. sport, the sport way this presents a, itself is eh, Yeah, sport is a multiplayer focused deal where yeah. online is the most important thing and all that good stuff. GT7 is like, they say it's a real driving simulator. Of course, it's Mm -hmm. Gran Turismo. But I would view this as like a real car owner simulator. Like, Mm -hmm. the goal is not just to race and win. It's to collect and admire. And the way that they've, the the, the amount of love that they've put into crafting the vehicles in this game Mm -hmm. is honestly like to be commended it is absolutely incredible there are some problems with the game though the biggest one is the idea so the game servers were down for like 30 hours this past week um and because of a something got messed up with a patch or something um Mm. there's a whole new story of it on the game's homepage. um but it's online only for connectivity even for single player stuff never like it when a game does that yeah and then there are some microtransactions if you don't want to grind out the money the money is not not like given to you in small amounts but it is you know you do have to play a lot for it and they did reduce the payouts for certain races with the new patch and they have this philosophy that the price of the cars with the in-game currency needs to kind of reflect how much the car would cost in real life and to that I say, I paid $70 for this game. One, there shouldn't be any microtransactions anyway. But two, yeah. you get what I'm saying. We'll talk about another game here real quick that that, that has the exact opposite philosophy. Um, but Gran Turismo 7 is something that we're going to come back to frequently on here. Um, as I get into the systems, I haven't done a lot of time trials yet, which is my favorite thing. But um, the racing is fun. I took off all the like auto break thing because I'm like, I don't want the game to play itself for me. I can get into the sim elements of, of Gran Turismo um, without making it too difficult on me. I just need to learn how to tune the cars properly. But I've been doing so, so far so good with, with what I've been doing. So um, pretty good game. I need to give it some more time. But I'm definitely at ease when I'm playing it, listening to the the music while while I you know flip through the menus. So, on the topic of simulators, Robert. Yeah. A long time ago, on PS Plus, they gave us Dirt Rally 2.0. Oh, I forgot I, about this one. Yeah. I have heard this game referred to as the Dark Souls of <laughs> of racing games. And I'm inclined to believe it. Um, so, Dirt Rally 2.0 is a rally game first. And it is a very tough simulator game. So we know rally driving is not driving on a lap. 
you know, a, a circuit. Mm-hmm. It's it's going from point A and ending at point B. And there's no map. Instead, you have to rely on the co-drivers. So I was initially shocked to learn this when I first started it because I didn't know. In Dirt Rally 2.0, just like in rally driving, you have a person in the car with you that has a book with directions where they're shouting numbers at you. So you know how wide or how narrow the upcoming turn is going to be. So you're, I'm like, while I play Dirt Rally, I'm like listening to the co-driver. They're like, uh, three turn three left, and then you'll take a, like a medium turn left, and then they'll say six, and then you'll take like a, I think six is the most slightest of turns, and then one is a really big turn. And they'll tell uh. you like, there's approximately like 50... I don't know how the pacing works in that, but like they'll say fifty, and then you'll know that the turn, the next turn is coming right up. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. As someone who's not, you know, ever paid attention to that before, now it's kind of hard to like explain the terms, and I sometimes I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. But like, the time trials are what I I spent most time on. It's really fun. I even bought the DLC on sale for like five bucks, and like there's a hundred hours of content here at least, um, and you know. Being a simulator, though, tire choice matters. Like, what kind of car wheels you're using or how your car... So, you like, you can tweak all those things if you feel like it. Damage is very realistic in that if you're doing the single-player, like, rally career, you... I was at a point where I was doing a night stage, and I hit... My, my The side of my car hit a little bump on the road. Mm-hmm. Took my headlight off. Okay. The game will not replace your headlight. You are just driving without a headlight. So it was completely dark. I had to back out and restart the event and try not to crash because the game is relentless. It's it's brutally difficult to where if your headlight goes out, it won't, say, it won't stop you. Oh, It'll man. just say drive without a headlight or give up. I'm like, dang. Oh boy! So that one's a little, that one you got to be in the, the 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 mood for, the mindset for. Um, it's very engaging though, and I love how. I guess with these simulator driving games, I like how chill they are, despite the fact that the driving can get chaotic. It's chill. Surprising that it's a sim. It's a, how chill you're surprising that it's a sim. Yeah, um, and to go back to that, like that relaxing element, um, in Grand Turismo Seven and by definition sport also um mm-hmm. there's always this there the, the game's always reminding you please don't crash into other players online or ram their cars it's proper etiquette to not do that and i'm like this is my kind of game I mean, this is like that's like any type of driving you shouldn't yeah. do that at all however some games you need some crashing and that's where dirt 5 comes in which is oh. part of the main series and not the rally spinoff Robert, they gave us this game in PS Plus in January, and I platinumed it in, like, a week. This game. (laughs) Oh, man. So this is a Simcade game. It's a cross between a Sim and an arcade game, with more focus, I think, on the arcade elements. Wow, what a great game. So you got your, you know, all your cars and whatnot, and you go through different events. They're all, like, wild colors and everything colors blasting at you neon pinks and yellows and greens and blues um you do events where you're doing a rally race against people you're jumping over ledges and everything 
Um, you can do circuit races where you're going around a track. It's all mostly on dirt and gravel and stuff like that. Some snow and everything. You can do um, what's called, uh, what are they called? Sprint races. Now, I don't like some of the ones where they have the sprint cars, which looks like the back of the car is like a cape that's flying up. And they, <laughs> I don't like those because they're hard to control. Um, yeah. But the regular sprint races where your cars are like drifting around ice and like sliding all over the ice. And then there's a... Uh, Oh, God, there's so much. I don't remember some of the names of the events. The, the only one I don't like is the Gymkhana where you have to do, like, do a donut here or do a drift here. I, I don't like that in any game like this, like Need for Speed drift events or something from, like, the crew or something. It's, like, not my cup, but there's not that much of that. Um, there are big races, small races, long and short races, all that good stuff. Um, some funny podcast-ish story um, with Nolan North and Troy Baker, which I thought was funny the way they talked to each other in that. Cause you know, it's Nathan Drake and Sam Drake, but yeah, this game is really cool in that when you win a race and it never punishes you for turning the AI down. So like there's some significant rubber banding from what I can tell, but I just turned to the AI down and I never really had a problem. But the races give you so much money that you're always able to buy all the cars. I'm pretty sure I bought all the cars without grinding or anything. Um, the only thing I had to grind for was the player level trophy. But like the game is so much fun that I didn't mind. And then um, there's no battle pass or anything. But they do have little sponsorship things. So it's like you choose a company that you like. You sponsor that company. And then as you play the game, it'll just give you you know, cosmetics. Not anything having yeah. to do with the company for the most part, but it's just that's a fun way to get cosmetics in a game versus like paying microtransaction money for them or something like that. Yeah, so it's just yeah, constantly yeah. throwing stuff at you. The skins for the cars are amazing. I, I use a lot of cars that were like Lavaza coffee skin because I really like that brand of coffee. Um, but the graphics and the frame rate are incredible in that. And I, like as a free game, I was like interested in Dirt 5 for a while you know it came out as a launch title for for next gen but like finally getting to play it and being addicted to it like i was on the road to the platinum i was just like so impressed with how i don't know i'm always impressed when a game like that comes out where it's really fun without trying to get more you know money out of you yeah like, that was a solid product. There is a few DLC packs that are on sale. I don't know if I'm going to get them now that I'm in the GT7, you know, meta, but what a fun game. I've been playing a lot of good racing games lately, which hasn't, a lot of racing game, yeah. hasn't happened in, in, in a few years, I think. So I'm really happy with it. Good stuff. I don't have any racing games. Actually, no, I would. I have been playing a racing game. What have I been talking about? Even Seamus wanted. I forgot I'm playing that. I oh, totally you've been playing the classic. The, yeah, the classic I forgot about it. that. I mean, it's still a classic. I still love it. Uh, sometimes it's a little too difficult, but I still, you know, I'm still playing it. I'm playing. I it played here, it on I the totally GameCube back I played in the day. That. I was just like, I don't think I'm playing any racing, and I totally forgot. All right, I'm gonna have to drop like a, this. This is a new segment. Just joking, maybe. Uh, Robert's confession. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Forgive me, forgive me, Daniel. I have sent. I bought the GTA Five expansion for ten dollars. Well, I, I bought it. <laughs> Why are you apologizing to me? Because I. You're I the quote, one who went off on that expansion last I know. week. 
And I said, I said, come on, it's ten bucks. Look, Robert, I'll probably buy it too. And I said, I, I, give, I probably give it to Rockstar, man. It's the ten dollars that Rockstar does not deserve. This is the ten bucks that should be going to Red Dead, not for GTA Five. Don't Maybe get me they'll wrong. use the money they get from this to do Red Dead next. Maybe. I mean, don't get me wrong. The performance ray tracing is probably the best mode because you get ray tracing upscaled 4K with the 60 frames, and I've seen no dips. It's the best one. Man, I, fidelity, no. Four, yeah, native 4K ray tracing for 30 frames? No, no. Ne- never do play GTA. I mean, if you, want, if you want a good smooth frame rate, you don't go fidelity. No, if you, you want big graphics, go fidelity for five minutes, admire it, and then be like, okay, I can't play this in slow motion anymore. Yeah. Let me go back to 60. And then performance is cool, but no ray tracing and all that. I mean, yeah, it says consistent 60, but I'm like, I've been playing the performance ray tracing, and it's been a consistent 60. I haven't really seen any dips. I'm like, I'm kind of chilling with it. So I guess they can manage that. I guess we just needed to see it in motion. Look, I'll probably get it at some point before the price goes up to 40, which I am not paying 40. Exactly. Um, I was like, I I have the online, though. I just haven't played it yet because Uh... you know what I'm playing. And I'm not super interested, maybe, in GTA yeah. Online. But, hey, if I had people to play with, which is an option because you play it, but, you know. Yeah. I am playing a few things that I am, like, paid $70 for lately, so. Yeah, um, but uh, I was I was just like, I totally forgot about that. I, 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 I did go on a whole, but still, it was just like, uh, 10 bucks. what's... Oh well, like very. You got a hat to eat. Yeah, <laughs> that G four hat. A G four hat, yes. <laughs> the G four hat. I, I, I'll go eat that. No, don't eat it. It needs to be preserved. That's a good one. <laughs> the G four. So I feel hat. like maybe we'll get some thoughts on that here pretty soon, then, huh? I mean, thoughts so far. Like I said, it's, it, the perform- I'm doing performance ray tracing. It's honestly, it, it looks pretty decent, but you can definitely tell this is a 2013 game. Like just because you slap a nice code. Yeah, I mean the controls are probably still that GTA Five control scheme. Yeah, it's still a 2013 game. It's you could definitely tell this is running on the GTA Four engine. It's not uh-huh. running on like anything that's been updated. So yeah. it's just showing its age, more or less. That this is why it should have never been released. And if it was released, it should have just been a free update and a free. Just like if you have the PS4 physical, I do agree with that. Free, like we get it at ten for the first couple months, but it's technically it be, it a forty dollar thing. Than 10. Yeah, it should yeah. not be more than ten. If you're so maybe the ten is 10, fine, but like don't yeah. wait on it if you want it. No. Do not wait. If you're just gonna get it, get it. Just spend the ten. If you spend more than ten, I say you made a major mistake because this game is showing its age. And yeah, the ray tracing, it's all nice, but most of the stuff is not there. The seamless character swap. Sometimes it. Sometimes the character swap takes as much as the PS4 version. Like there's no difference. Load times oh. are cool. That's cool and all, but it's definitely. Yeah, I've seen a video of the load times. Is. It's pretty yeah. impressive considering the PS3 took like five minutes to load in the game on the original. You know, 2013. Exactly. Version. I love PlayStation Five. Eh, PS. You know, PS5 is doing pretty all right. Doing pretty good. Yeah. But you know what? They don't have Paramount Plus. Yeah, Xbox. They don't, but they have a PS4 like thing. Like it, it, the app exists, so how come they just don't re- allow you Paramount? to get it on the PS5? Exactly. Sega. <laughs> come on, Sega. So, Robert, 
Would you say we've done an episode this week? Yeah, I should wrap up this week. All right. So next week, depending on when we record, we could have one of a great many things. We could have Wonderland's thoughts. We could have Kirby thoughts. I could be talking about Mario Kart 8 DLC. A lot of times on this show, we actually don't know until the last minute what we're talking about. (laughs) Sean Connery game for the Super Nintendo. Oh, the hunt for the Red October. I'm feeling an SNES revival coming up here pretty soon. I hope so, because I think our week has just kind of, you know, opened up. All right, then. So, for this week, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, please follow us on our Twitter. That's at Markers on the Map. And listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our Podbean site. All those links are there on our Twitter, at Markers on the Map. So, for now, there's not much left to say, except for one little thing. And that is that the real Hello Kitty and Sanrio Friends Racing 3D was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later.